All right, let's do this. Another episode of the Free Your Voice, Free Your Life podcast. Thanks for joining me. My name is Davin Youngs. I'm something like your voice Sherpa. <laughs> I'm trying to lighten your load. I'm trying to inspire your path. I'm here to guide you and to lead you and to hold you and to advocate for you because I believe in the healing and transformational power of your voice. And I'm ready to hear you sing, which leads me to my topic that I want to address with you here today. You know, I try to keep this podcast both inspirational and practical. And today I'm going to lean heavily into the practical because I've observed that this is a topic that, yeah, we all need. And it gets a little bit confusing along the way. And it's simply answering this question. How do I practice singing? (laughs) What's a better way to practice singing? How do I create change within my voice strategically? How do I do it systematically? How do I really grow my instrument in a way that feels efficient? It is my intention to answer that for you in a classic Davin way, in that I'm not going to give you any straight-ahead answers. (laughs) (laughs) But I am going to guide you in a really, really, I hope, clear and, yeah, efficient way. Here's the thing. You might be listening to this going, I know how to practice. I've been doing this a long time. I have a whole routine set. I'm good. I'm solid. And if you do feel that way, great. Hang out for just a little bit longer, would you? And if you're listening to this and you're going, thank God, I had never know what the hell to do when I sit down to practice, when I go to intentionally use my voice, I'm here for you. I hope today to give you some real strategies. And I hope that you walk away feeling like you've got a lot more clarity around a useful path with your voice. The thing is, is that practicing your voice, practicing singing, it is mysterious. Don't be fooled. It's a mysterious journey, which is why I tend to land on thinking about it from a holistic point of view. I don't think of practice really as practice when I think about it with my own voice. I actually think about it through a spiritual lens. But there is this aspect of really learning to coordinate your body, and we're going to talk about all of that. But as I pondered what it was that I wanted to share with you here and how it was that I would like to share it, I kept finding myself transported back to my earliest days at the Oberlin Conservatory of Music. Specifically, I was thinking about myself walking down the practice room hallway the first time. See, there was this building that we affectionately called the Con, which hosted most of the conservatory classes. And there was a wing of the building dedicated almost exclusively to these tiny little rooms that were so incredibly equipped with Steinway pianos, which I'm so grateful to have had access to those instruments during my time there. And you'd enter the wing and you'd walk down a hallway and on your left side and your right side and your left side and your right side were room after room and each doorway to each room had this long skinny window and you would peek in you would see, is anyone in there? Is anyone in there? And you'd just hear this cacophony, this incredible mess of sound of people practicing, which was both inspiring and intimidating. And as I would look in the windows, especially early on, I was convinced that everyone was masterful in their craft (laughs) as they were in there, that they were slaving away, becoming 
just the most incredible musicians on the planet. And in some ways, I was right of my first assessment. But I also look back at sort of the naivete with which I entered that space because I remember finding my way into a practice room for the first time and being so intimidated by the different sounds that were echoing into my room and just sitting there thinking to myself, I actually don't know what to do here. (laughs) I mean, I spent my childhood and my teen years working on my voice, um, but so much of that was dedicated to just learning songs. I mean, I was naturally a gifted singer and I got a lot of great guidance in voice lessons, but really much of my young age was just about learning songs. I learned so many songs. And I don't think that there was anything wrong with that. But when it came to sitting in the practice room, feeling like I was there to transform and grow my voice, I honestly didn't know what to do. And if I'm really honest, I would say that I actually left four years there still really not knowing what to do in the practice room. And in hindsight, I think that was for good reason. It wasn't like I didn't accomplish anything there. I learned a lot more music. I learned a lot more about my voice, but I didn't have the broader understanding around why practicing the voice is so singular. It's so unique. I mean, walking by these rooms and seeing people on pianos, they clearly had something specific that they were trying to achieve or the violin or the saxophone or the percussion instruments, you name it. There was something so tangible that they had in front of them. And not to take away from the psychological, emotional, spiritual aspects of their practice journey, but it's just different to sit at a piano and know that your fingers have to eventually be able to go in certain places and move at certain paces. That's a different experience than sitting in the solitude of being with one's voice, asking for that which is within you to reveal itself without. So while you might not be someone who pursues your voice at the level that I have to go to conservatory and do all the study, yada, 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 I think that our experiences ultimately can and are very, very similar. In fact, I've worked with so many people over the years that I just have observed that some understand the process, which I'm going to share with you, and some really struggle to find it. Okay, so I think when you're thinking about practicing your voice, one thing that's helpful to begin with is not to think about it as practicing an instrument. Um, There are aspects of it that might relate to your experience, but especially if you have learned another instrument in the past, if you have learned piano, if you have learned guitar, if you have learned, you know, you name it, this process of working with your voice, it's going to feel confusing if you try to engage it through that framework. I think what might be more useful for you is to think about your voice through the lens of learning something athletic, learning something in your body. I mean, one of the most useful frameworks that I've come up with is the yoga practice. If you have a yoga practice or you have practiced yoga in the past, I think thinking about your voice through that lens, through that framework might be useful because yoga is never about landing anywhere, achieving anything. 
It's always about exploring. It's always about coming back to self. It's always about the body. And these are aspects to practicing the voice that will really serve you to create change more quickly. So think about this process of using your voice as one of exploring your body, creating new coordination, becoming at home with yourself. I also think about the work that I do in the framework of voice coaching, especially from a technical aspect. One way in which you might think about it that resonates with me is that of physical therapy. So if something on your body doesn't work, if something is dysfunctional, maybe you've broken an arm or you've sprained something or there's an imbalance, you go to a physical therapist and they take you through a series of exercises that reorient your body, that educate it to new movement, which then creates more balance overall. So the work that a coach does from a technical standpoint, from a functional standpoint, relates very much to this idea of what happens in physical therapy and that they give you exercises, the exercises elicit a response, and then the body's wisdom takes hold from there. So that just gives you just a little bit of framework when I think about the technical aspects of the voice and what it is that I do and how it is that you might take that out into the world and do it on your own. But where do you begin? Well, I'll tell you where not to begin, and that is with singing songs. (laughs) Now, it's not to say that singing songs is bad, and it's not to say that singing songs is problematic, and I'm not saying don't sing songs. I'm saying that if you are interested in strategically working on your voice, beginning with singing songs is not your most efficient path. The most efficient place to begin is through exercises and warm-ups that help you understand better the different types of sounds that you can make and how it would be that you might coordinate making those sounds more efficiently, with more success. So if you come into a session with me, one of the first things that I'll do after I've heard about your voice story and heard a little bit more about what it is that you're trying to achieve and grow into, I'll take you through a series of scales that are an opportunity for me to investigate your voice. And what I'm doing with you is not very specific to you. It's actually a mode of inquiry that I would use with most people. It changes quickly based on the information that I gather, but I'm going in first to do two things to warm your voice up, to get it moving, to just start making sounds, making sounds for the sake of making sounds, just like I would move my body to start to get it moving. And then I'm gathering information around what feels functionally more free and what feels less functionally free or even dysfunctional. I'm gathering information. I'm getting you to make sounds to gather information. This is the first thing you should do on any given day with your voice. How does this sound for me? Well, it might be me in the shower. (laughs) It's often me in the shower or me in the car or me in my studio doing some slides, exploring chest voice, exploring head voice, exploring mix. I might be humming. I might be going. Or. Ooh. 
Again, I'm just making some sounds. I'm doing that strategically in different areas in my voice, and I'm doing that to both warm up and to take the temperature <laughs> of what's happening. Because some days if I'm tired, some days if I feel like I'm fighting off an illness or something, all of that might feel particularly uh, sticky or clunky or raspy or breathy. I'm just seeing what's up. And if I was singing a lot yesterday and I was doing a lot of coaching and uh, I woke up today and I'm feeling good in my body, I might go through those slides, those scales, those sounds. I might be like, yeah, things feel great. They feel really good. From there, from the warm-up and the self-inquiry process, I start to want to make choices that would enhance what it is that I'm doing. Now, here's uh, a bit of this process that you honestly just won't be able to fully understand unless you've done coaching work. But through coaching work, you'll start to know that the information that you've gathered from the warm-ups, there are exercises that you can use to respond. So if you're doing your warm-ups and you're going, man, my chest voice is sleepy today. It is not cleared on there. It feels tight. It feels constricted. It feels breathy. You'll start to understand that there are exercises that just like the physical therapist that I could give you or that you give yourself that will elicit a response over time to create more freedom and ease in that area of your voice. And this is where you start to really know how your voice works. See, if you went right in and sang a song right now, you might walk away feeling frustrated that things just didn't show up because you were trying to perform. You were trying to put all the pieces together when you hadn't even really found out for the day what the pieces were. But when you go in and you do these scales and these exercises and you practice self-inquiry and you start to get curious and you start to be compassionate too because you go, man, I was out late last night or I had dinner last night and that food is not sitting with me well. Maybe that's why my voice isn't feeling great today. Um, you start to give yourself just a little bit of room, wiggle room, to grow. Again, like the same thing if you sat on the yoga mat and you started to do some postures, some poses, and you go, man, my lower back, my lower back today is feeling tight. That might guide your practice differently. I'm spending a lot of time on this right now because it's so important. Actually, if this is the only thing I gave you <laughs> to learn to do, to sit with your voice, to make sounds, to be curious, to inquire, to experiment, and to explore, and to gather information from that. It's so powerful because there, from there, you can take inspired action. And those inspired actions, if you have some education, if you have some understanding, will always be exercises that trigger or exercises that elicit a more functionally free response. Now, of course, there are limitations about what one can achieve on any given day, but you might be surprised the same way in a one-to-one -one session or a group coaching session where I might give you an exercise and then you go, well, damn, I didn't know my voice could do that. The thing is, your voice could always do that, but the exercise elicited the response. The exercise woke that experience up. And from there, you can continue to expand and develop and grow. So we sit down, 
or we stand up or we go for a walk or we take a shower or we go for a drive in the car. And for some unknown amount of time, we start to make sounds. We experiment and explore. Depending on the day, that might need to be 15 minutes. That might need to be 30 minutes or it might need to be five minutes. This is really important too, is there's no right or wrong amount of time to practice. But please know that your body needs time to warm up, to start moving, to get the blood flowing, especially depending on what you've done on that day or haven't done. And then the other end of this is, and I'm jumping ahead, but it's important, that you shouldn't practice past fatigue. Whenever you start to feel fatigue in any given area of your voice, take a break. Take a break. Take a break. If you experience hoarseness, done. You're done. You're done. You don't need to sing anymore, at least for the next couple hours. You might feel that it becomes alleviated later. But if you find yourself really hoarse, take a break. That means you pushed things too hard. Your body is giving you the feedback. But this warm-up piece, it's very subjective. It just happens that over time you start to go, okay, things feel like they're moving. Things feel more settled. Let's see where else we can go. And that's where we take the inspired action of doing specific exercises. Now, strategically, on any given day, you need to warm your voice up. Then you need to do or create sounds in your chest voice, in your head voice, and in your mix. If you have done that, you will have done what it is that you need to do to be more successful singing songs. But depending on the type of music that you're singing, you might need to do more in any given area. If you are belting your face off with some, I don't know, like a fun uh, musical theater tune, or if you're going to be doing a punk rock song that you need to be able to belt really high, um, you got to spend time, extra time, warming up your chest register, warming up your chest mix and your belt, carrying your chest voice up high. If you're studying, working on something more operatic, if you're singing quite high in your voice, if you're covering a Sam Smith song, you might need to spend more time in your head voice. You might need to really get that part of your voice going. Um, it really is so subjective and it really depends on you and your body on that day. But know that you should be trying to achieve in your exercises what it is that you're planning, hoping, aspiring to achieve in your song. If you haven't made the song, the sound in that you need for the song, if you haven't made the sound or the sounds in your exercises, your likelihood of success in the song is not as high. You need to sing how you're going to sing in the song before you sing in the song. Does that make sense? Are you following me here? So again, that could be like five minutes of doing these sounds, getting things going. Or it could be that you spend a good half an hour, 45 minutes, really working to achieve the type of sounds that you want to achieve in the song before you even get to the song. In fact, you might not even get to the song. A lot of times when people start working with me for months, they won't spend much time with songs at all because they're working to find more success in achieving the different sounds in the different areas of their voice. They're looking for more freedom, more clarity, more ease in their chest voice, more freedom, more clarity, more ease in their head voice. They're looking to integrate the two in a healthy, 
balanced mix, and they realize that they're not going to be able to sing the songs that they want to sing until they can do that well outside of songs. But once you can, once you can make the sounds, that's where you get to do the juicy stuff of practicing songs. Now, there are a number of different ways to practice songs. Um, and I want to be really specific about this because there are ways that, again, are more or less efficient. A lot of us, myself included, at times, will learn songs just by listening to them over and over again. And I will say that's not the wrong way to learn a song. But there are some potholes <laughs> that we can trip over, that we can fall into along the way if we do this. Number one, if you're working on a song and you're just listening to it over and over again and you're singing along with the artist and you're always hearing your voice in relationship to theirs, you are likely to be imitating them in some way, shape, or form. And it'll, it'll probably happen at a subconscious level. The thing that's so powerful about this is that through imitation, we are practicing making sounds certain ways in our body, and the body is so skillful in its memory. So one of my feelings is, is that if you are going to learn a song this way, that you need to take the other person's voice out of the mix as soon as possible. So you might learn the words and the notes that way, but as soon as you have a handle on them, find a karaoke track, accompany yourself on an instrument, get someone else to accompany you, but don't get too attached to the way that the artist sang the song because your body will try to imitate that. And you'll feel quite confused when you take their voice out of the mix. It's really, it's really disconcerting if you've been depending upon that person's voice to guide your volume, to guide you know, all of these different aspects of how it is that you're using your voice as you sing the song, and suddenly you take it out and your body feels like it's flailing because it can't depend upon that. So you can use the artist's version to learn the notes and to learn the words, but, but get that voice out of there as quickly as possible. Also, um, if you have the capacity, if you have the understanding to read music, um, and no problem if you don't, but it's really, really, really good if you're trying to learn a song, if you can find the sheet music for it, because it gives you a visual context for learning the pitches. When we learn things orally, we tend to approximate. So when we just listen, we tend to approximate and we often think we know. <laughs> so sometimes when people have learned a song and they've learned it just by listening to the artist and singing along with the artist over and over again, and then they come to me and I take all of that out and I sit at the piano and I play the individual pitches with them, they'll feel really confused because they don't know the individual pitches of the song. So if you have the ability and the understanding to sit at a keyboard and pluck out the notes, even if you do that by ear, even if you sit down and you play by ear, it really helps solidify your understanding of the pitches. This may be basic knowledge, and if you already know this, but let me share that the individual pitches of a melody, of a phrase, are like the words to your sentence. And a lot of times people learn music by... Uh, just trying to know the sentences and the paragraphs. They don't know the individual notes. And the problem with that is, is that you're always sort of fishing around. You're always approximating. You're always uh, 
I don't know, crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. So as granular and as specific as you can be with the individual notes of each phrase, the individual pitches, the better. So, for instance, if I sang happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Okay, very familiar. In that song is happy birthday. Those are different pitches. They have different relationship to each other. In fact, it might be that I need to actually even take the words out. I might go Ah, ooh, happy birthday. I might need to take the words out to find the individual pitches, the individual sounds in my voice. Now, this is a tool that I use often with very, very skillful singers, very advanced singers, that we take the words out so that you can find the melody in your body, so that you can find the coordination without trying to wrap your mouth around the words, because that's a whole other different element. This is why I go back to our original idea around having to know the sounds in your body. You have to know the sounds in your body because they are the basis for which you'll be able to sing the words. They are the basis for which you'll be able to form the melody. And so pulling these pieces apart can be really illuminating and it can actually be disappointing because you can go, oh, I guess I didn't know that as well as I thought I did. So on any given song, learning the words, learning the pitches, learning the phrases, and at any given point, taking them apart. The, the flip side of this is that you might need to speak the text, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, to find the different ways in which you could form the words in your mouth, to find the different types of sounds and how it is that they move through your lips and your teeth and your tongue, because that's another aspect of how it is that you're coordinating what it is that you're singing. Okay, I feel the need to recap because I know I'm saying a lot here. Let me try to put this simply. On any given day, you're going to warm up your voice. In fact, you really should do it every day. And the warming up, it's just a fun, playful exploration. Humming, slides, up and down, finding what's going on at the bottom of your voice, finding out what's going on at the top of your voice, in the middle, listening for the bumpy, breathy, raspy, gravelly parts, and just seeing what's there without judgment curious exploration. From there, if you have a little bit of knowledge, you get to take inspired action. You get to invite exercises into the play that will help inspire change, that will help elicit a response. You can find more strength in your chest voice, more stability, more ease, more flexibility in your head voice, more continuity in your mix. After that, oh, and let me say, you got to make the sounds in those exercises that you plan to make in the songs. Okay, after that, moving on to songs, learning songs, practicing songs. You might practice by listening to another artist, but you shouldn't listen to them too much. You should only listen to them enough to figure out the notes, to figure out if you can sing the song. And then you want to take their voice out of the mix and start practicing on your own, hearing your voice independently, maybe using a karaoke track or some other form of accompaniment. Along the way, it might be useful to take 
the words out, to just use vowels or syllables to really make sure that you've locked in the individual pitches. If you have the capacity to read music, you might do that to learn the song through music. Or if you play an instrument, you might pick out the individual pitches on your instrument to just make sure that your voice feels really secure and what the individual notes are. And then you add those words back in. You might also practice the words independently. And then voila, you have phrases, you have songs, you have notes that come together to make music. But wait, you're not done yet. (laughs) This is merely having achieved the technical aspect of singing a song, of practicing your voice, of singing a song. But from there, you get to get really creative. You get to decide what sort of sounds it is that you want to make in your voice, in your body, that would help you express what it is that you're trying to express with this song. You get to really investigate what is this song about? What is it saying? Who is it speaking to? What story is it telling? What colors do I want to paint with? What volume do I want to sing with? What registration do I want to use? How might my voice be the vessel that pours forth the expression of this song? This is really where the yummy, rich, creative juices start to flow and you start to go, who am I as an artist? Now, it's not necessarily easy to get here, to get to this phase. I mean, especially if you're beginning on this journey you might find yourself really stuck at the trying to make different sounds phases. And I want you to know, I have so much compassion for you. I have been there. I have been there. I have been there. And I actually have been there after spending many years thinking I was um, being quite the artist, making these different songs, sing how I wanted them to sing, and then suddenly realizing, yeah, but my voice isn't doing everything that it can do. And I have to go back to the basics. Um, I've heard this compared to, like, for instance, a golfer re-evaluating, retuning, fine-tuning their swing. And when they do that, apparently, I don't golf, but apparently they have to pull (laughs) the whole thing apart. And for a while, they can't hit a ball very far. But they do that because then they know that in the long run, they might be able to hit a ball even further. Um, Apparently, Tiger Woods famously did this at one point in his career. And... um, I mean, I'm not the Tiger Woods of singing, but I had to do that with my voice. And so if you find yourself caught at the first phase of this practice journey, be patient, my friend. I promise that it's worth it. But if you found your way into singing songs and trying to find the artistic aspects of them, this is really a spiritual path. This is really a creative path. This is a path of self-inquiry, and this is a path of practice. So from here, what I would recommend doing is really finding the sounds in your body, starting to be strategic with your choices. Know that you have choice in how it is that you sing the song, and then start recording yourself. You might do it with just audio, or you might do it with video, but start to listen to, you know, the feedback that you can get through these recordings to know if your intentions are coming across the way in which you want them to. You have to start to learn, like we talked about in previous episodes, you have to start to learn to listen to yourself. You have to start to learn maybe to take video of yourself and watch yourself sing. Ask yourself, do you look like 
do you look like? You're expressing what it is that you intend to express. This is an important part of what it is to practice singing, to look at yourself, to listen to yourself, to watch with curiosity and to go, okay, I could do this differently, or I think I could do this better, or yeah, I actually really believe myself there. Dang, I didn't know I sounded that good on that note. Catch me here. From there, from there, the next point of your practice is to share that with others. Now, that might mean sharing a video. That could very well mean sharing a video and asking for feedback, especially from someone you love or trust and going like, hey, what do you think about this? Be honest with me. Do you believe my sound? Do you believe what it is that you hear? Do you believe what it is that you see? Where do you see me as seeming insecure or unsure? Or is there anything that doesn't read that you're wanting more from? This is such a lovely thing to ask of the people who love you. They will happily and gladly give you feedback. And you can also set really clear parameters around the type of feedback that you want. Um, Obviously, some people might say things that would be a trigger to you, and that's not what I'm recommending here. So feel free to say this is the type of feedback that I'm looking for. But you have to start to get that kind of feedback if you ever want to share your voice in front of an audience, because you have to just know what it is to engage this energetic exchange. And then from there, you practice performing. You actually get up in front of people (laughs) and you sing. And you have the experience in your body and you investigate the nerves and you start to know, okay, this is what it feels like when I use my voice in this way. This is what it feels like when I use my voice in this setting. And some of it felt really hard and some of it felt terrifying and other parts of it felt really good. And then you look for opportunities to increase and expand and maybe do the same thing in front of more people. You do the same thing while playing an instrument. You do the same thing while doing a song that feels more challenging. It's important to note that it's not your best path to do this with something that feels over your head. You don't have to sing the song with the highest notes in them. (laughs) You don't have to sing the song that you haven't been able to achieve successfully on your own in front of others. In fact, I would really recommend that you not do it. Keep it simple. Start in a place that feels easy, something that feels like you can connect and so that you can add all of these different variables and really look at this as a part of the arc of your practice. Okay, my friend, that is a pretty technical rundown of what it means to practice singing or a path, an efficient path to practicing singing well. The path that will lead you toward change with your voice and toward success in performing Um, most quickly, I believe. But I can't leave this conversation without discussing something that's so important, something that's at the heart of this podcast, and that's the psychological, emotional, spiritual aspects of this act of practicing singing. You know, I talked about yoga as a framework through which to look at this, and I also think often about meditation as a framework, as a framework um, for which to consider practicing singing. Because in meditation, I've always loved that the word practice gets used routinely. A lot of times, when people are talking about meditation, they talk about 
their practice, you know, what their practice is like. And one of the fundamental aspects of calling meditation your practice is that it's not something that you ever achieve. It's not something that you arrive at. It's not something that you find ultimate success in. It's this ongoing unfolding of enlightenment, of transformation, of growth. And the same is true with yoga, and the same is true with your voice, that you will have moments where you hit notes that you're so excited to hit and that you can't believe that you hit. And then you will have moments where you just can't believe that you're still struggling to achieve what it is that you're trying to struggle. But the idea of a practice, of a singing practice, is that every day brings infinite possibility and brings the path of exploration into what it is that you might be able to grow into, what it is in your voice that continues to shift and to change and to move. I mean, I think about this from an embodied perspective, and and your voice is of your body, and your body is forever changing. And as we get older, things continue to move and shift and grow and become wrinkly and become slow and become more coordinated and become, you name it, things just keep happening. And that is reflected in how it is that our voice can work. And it's always a mystery. It's always an unfolding. There's always a new possibility. And that's what's so exciting about really engaging with your voice is it's this constant path of self-discovery. And like I said, some days are easier than others. But if you look at it from that aspect, you can't help but start to sing and then suddenly know more about yourself. You can't help but start to practice and do those slides and those scales and really get a good glimpse about how it is that you're doing today. You might be sad today. You might be struggling today. You might be sorrowful and you might hear that and you might experience that as you use your voice. Or you might be hopeful. You might be joyful. You might be playful and you might experience that when you use your voice. But as you become more evolved on this path, as you become more experienced and you grow, you'll start to know that neither of those options, any of those experiences, they don't get to be the singular dictator of what it is that your voice can do. They get to be included in the whole of your voice story. And this is why I think that developing a practice of being compassionate, of being curious, of being playful and exploring with your voice, it funnels through the whole of your psyche. (laughs) It's like the vortex that pulls in your capacity to just be so lovely to yourself, to grow and to be joyful in the process of growing. To be able to look at the disappointment of not being able to sing certain sounds and seeing it as the appropriate contrast that propels you forward on your journey with your voice. To have these experiences that elicit aspiration, that elicit inspiration where you start to go, man, I can't hit that note yet. I can't belt that note, but I just know that it's something that I'm going to slowly work toward. And whenever I achieve it, whenever that is, I'm going to rejoice. It's going to feel so lovely because I will have 
become more fully myself. <laughs> I will have tapped in more fully to this aspect of myself, which I know to be true that is not fully realized in front of me right now, but I can hear it. I can feel it in my body. And so I keep strategically working toward that. And you know, the thing about this strategic work, the thing about your voice practice, the thing about practicing singing, is it always yields a net positive result. It always yields a net positive result. You will always walk away from singing feeling better than when you started. Challenge me. Try me on this one. <laughs> See, the science has my back here. <laughs> the science is solid on this. The science says that when you sing, you have a dopamine response. So much delicious dopamine <laughs> flowing through your system. The science tells us that when we sing, we get increased levels of oxytocin, the cuddle hormone, the thing that makes us feel closer to others. That when we sing, we have increased levels of adrenaline, adrenaline being this hormonal response that leads you to achieve more than you initially believe that you can achieve. The act of vibrating your body with your voice it just feels good. It feels good. We love <laughs> the feeling of our voice in our body. We love it. And while you might have stories around the worthiness of your voice, the worthwhileness of singing, while you might have stories about your inability to achieve that which you want to achieve, while you might carry around disappointment of not being further down the road than you are, I want to bring you back to the experience of your voice in your body because if you come back, if you come back through the path of curious inquiry, if you seek to know the different sounds that you can make, if you seek to expand upon those and get curious and go to the boundaries of your voice, I promise you, it will feel good. You will feel good. In fact, you might experience profound gratitude. You might experience spiritual enrichment. You might go, man, what a gift. What a gift this is. What a gift I have, this tool of communication. How incredible that I have the opportunity to grow through my voice. How amazing that my voice reflects the truth of who it is that I am. How wonderful that I get to communicate through this instrument and how amazing, amazing that I share in this experience with all humanity, that our voices are these tools that connect us and that they tell about the human experience. And there's so much delight to be had in this. Every time you sing is an opportunity to tap into the inherent delight, the inherent joy, the inherent playfulness, the inherent growth, the inherent flourishing of being human. And so learning to practice, learning to really practice singing is learning to bump up against the truth of yourself and allowing for your voice to be the mirror that reflects the light of you out into the world. And learning to practice singing is learning to have fun. <laughs> I mean it. It's not to say that there aren't frustrating times, there are, but ultimately, it's the path of playful 
curious inquiry. You know, the other day I was working with a client and she reflected back to me that the two weeks in between our session had been full of her really every day working on the exercises that we had done together. And I asked her to tell me more. What was that about? And she said to me, you know, it just felt like I had to. It felt necessary. And when she said that, I felt so lit up because I know, I know that experience in my body, in my heart, in my mind. I know what it is to be so obsessively curious about what it is that my voice can do. I know how it feels to walk down the street and not be able to stop making sound because I'm going through my break trying to figure out if I can find my way from my chest voice into my head voice smoothly. I know what it is to see how high I can sing from day to day. I know what it is to try to make clear, easy sounds. I know what it is to just want my throat to feel open. And so again and again, day after day, experimenting, exploring, playing, relaxing, adding energy. I know what it is. I know what it is for it to feel necessary, and I know what it is for that process to be this guide for the illumination of who I am as a person. I know what it is for each layer to be pulled back and to feel more raw and exposed and more real because my voice just keeps revealing more about me. And I know what it is to find those moments where it comes together and go, well, Damn, I did it. <laughs> I know what it is to sing and go, I sound good. I didn't used to be able to do that. I can't believe I can do that. I know what it is to sing a song that I never thought I could sing. I know what it is to get feedback from others and have them say, you sound different. You didn't used to sound like that. You have grown. You have changed. And I know what it is to have in my heart that it's all the result of my practice. And I know what it is to know how much more there is to go. I know what it is to see how much growth is still possible in front of me. And I know what it is to be inspired to keep running down that path. So I hope that you hear all of this that I have to say here. And I hope that maybe you take notes. I hope that you get some really concrete knowledge and understanding. But I hope you also just walk away going, I got to practice. <laughs> I have to practice singing. I have to keep going down this path. I have to keep exploring. I have to step more fully into myself. I have to engage in the spiritual, psychological, emotional, technical, functional journey that is my voice. And I hope as you do it, you know that you're not alone in this practice, that we're doing this together. Um, in fact, I hope you'll share with me about your experience. I'd love to hear from you, Davin at DavinYoungsVoice.com. Um, any questions or curiosities or experiences that you've had? Um, yeah, I just hope that we will engage collectively in our individual voice practices so that we can connect more fully with each other in authentic voice. If you like this episode, I hope that you'll share it with someone. I hope that it might be a useful resource for others that are looking to expand upon their voice uh, journey. And I hope that you might share it via social media and tag me at Davin Youngs. Um, if you like what I'm doing here, would you mind heading over to Apple Podcasts and writing a brief review? Just telling people what's up with the podcast. 
that would really greatly benefit spreading the word around this idea of freeing our voice as a means to free our lives. And um, yeah, if you have any other questions or things that you want me to address here on the podcast, you can always reach out to me. Davin and Davin Young's voice, or you can DM me on Instagram at Davin Young's. Um, hit me up. I want to hear from you. All right. In the meantime, go practice singing. Until next time, peace.